Okay, alright, so I am preparing for this Bible study masterclass. That's what you're calling it tonight. Just a Bible study. And I guess I'm just going to share、uh, with this group of students tonight how I would prepare a Bible study from this passage in Romans. I have no idea、um, how I'm going to do that yet, but I thought the best way to prepare for Bible study is to do Bible study. So that's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to look at the passage and give my first impressions as to what thoughts come into my mind and what questions I have. I won't have all the answers, but I'll share them with you. So, hopefully, this won't take too long. This really is just me reading the Bible and just making some comments along the way, and maybe particularly、um, mentioning how I would, you know,、uh, do the, prepare this for the talk tonight and just to be as transparent as possible. So, here's my Bible. Here it is. We're looking at、uh, Romans chapter 6 from this section here, verse 15, all the way until I think it's here, until verse 6. So, here and this paragraph. Um, let me pray. Heavenly Father, please guide me in my thoughts as I think about your word and try to process it, but especially try to understand it and try to teach it to the students tonight. Please help me to be clear, to be faithful to what you're saying here in Romans, especially to do with sin and how we are to not offer our bodies. To acts of sin again, but we are freed from it. And therefore,、uh, this new reality of offering our lives, our members to righteousness, help us to do that. Help me to do that as well, even as I read your word right now.、Uh, please guide us as well as you read this. Please make this an encouraging session, not a boring one. <laughs> and please, please help me with the talk tonight. Help me to prepare and to be helpful in you know, their own work in leading Bible studies in their groups. Uh, pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, hello again. If you're、uh, just catching this, you know, I would just finish another session doing the daily Bible reading show so that I can concentrate on this. Now, my mind is clear. I can just do this only now for today. And that's happening tonight. I'm just, I think it might be just a small group of students,、uh, Christian graduates here in the university.、Um, Really, honestly, all I'm doing, looking forward to is just getting to know them, just befriending them. I don't think I'm like this master Bible study leader.、Uh, I think、um, it might be worth me being as transparent as possible. And you know, maybe if they notice something that I could learn from them, that would be so great. I would benefit. You know, they'll be able to contribute. You know, we'll all be learning from one another. What a wonderful thing if that could happen. Uh, but the thing that I can do in the time before is just to be as prepared as possible, to be as, be as familiar as possible with the passage. You know, as a Bible study leader, you, know, you want to be able to address questions that you yourself have anticipated. So, probably if you're honest with the passage and you have questions with that, probably those are going to be the same questions that your friends are going to be asking as well. So let's just read this once through. I think I'm just going to read the first section first, concentrate on that, and then move on to the second one. But I'm going to read this first section through from verse 15 of chapter 6. So here we go. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, You are slaves 
to the one to whom you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. So at least in this first paragraph, I'm noting this, um, this repeated phrase of being slaves and then therefore we being set free from being slaves to sin. But also that you kind of like offer yourself in obedience. So you obey the person as slaves and then you become slaves. So it's not that someone forced you, you must do this thing. But it starts out with, I want to follow you. I want to serve you as my master. I will be your slave. And that act of obedience makes us slaves. And therefore, there's a choice. You can either choose to do that with sin as your master, your slaves to sin, and then it leads to death. Or you can be slaves. Here it says to obedience. It's quite, quite weird. You're obeying obedience. <laughs> That's such a strange... How is it that you're obeying obedience? And, you know, it's something out of yourself, that obedience to God. They're almost choosing to obey God. And that leads to, and you expect, instead of death, you get right life, but you get righteousness. It's a different kind of life. It's the authenticated life in God's eyes. You are in my good books. So not just living, but a, a life that is almost approved by God righteous and thanks to god that has already happened you know that change you used to be slaves to sin you used to obey it and but now you and this idea of again wholeheartedly obey and that means not begrudgingly but now you actually want to follow god you wholeheartedly obeyed this form of teaching to which you are entrusted now again we are talking about obeying obedience but then now this obedience is parallel with form of teaching to which you're entrusted, a way of talking about the gospel. So how is it that you obey obedience? Well, you obey the gospel, which is the power of salvation, calling everyone to that obedience of faith. So it's another way of saying that you just, you know, you believe in the gospel, but the gospel also shapes the way that you live, if that makes sense. I think, I think that that, that makes sense. So there's an element of choice here. You're choosing to obey. But there's also that element of unchoice. You used to be slaves. You didn't have a choice. You almost willingly put yourself in this bonded slavery that you can't get out of. And God had, you, had to set you free from this master so that now you become bonded to God, bonded to righteousness again. It doesn't say God, it said bonded to righteousness, bonded to obedience, bonded to the gospel, this form with which you entrusted. Let's carry on verse 19. I put this in human terms because you're weak in your natural selves. Meaning, I think this whole paragraph is an illustration. I'm illustrating this for you in terms of slavery so that you'll get this. And I guess because slavery was this powerful picture that was everywhere at that time. Today, I think we would have to think of an equivalent. So we don't see this kind of slavery. Not just that there aren't many slaves now. I mean, you could argue that there are in the world, and it's so tragic when people are forced 
into slavery. But this is kind of willing slavery. So whereby you're saying, I want to do this, and then you're stuck in that contract. What kind of illustrations come to mind? You know, maybe it's like a phone contract. It looked really good, and then you sign up to it. Oh no, now there's a, this other phone contract. I can't sign up. I'm stuck here. <laughs> or you know, things of scholarship students. You know, sign up at, at 16, 17 year old students from Singapore, and they sign up to these scholarships, and they can't get it out, and so they're bonded to this slavery. Maybe I shouldn't use that. <laughs> illustration might be too offensive but the idea is there's that element of choosing to be following this particular master and now you can't get out of it and so this is a human term a simple illustration in other words so that you can get this just as paul says you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to impurity and then to ever increasing wickedness so there's this increasing degree you started out small and then it goes adding adding wickedness impurity it starts small and then that's the nature of sin you know it's that spiral goes deeper and deeper and deeper and i think the question i will ask is why would you do that is it like a fix you know you get addicted to it you can't help it or maybe maybe it's kind of like again like that scholarship student or that phone contract whereby it looks good and then it ties oh would you like to have this add-on <laughs> this additional contract you know maybe extra minutes or extra facebook or extra internet and say, oh yeah that looks good and you you keep you could you almost like you you're digging the hole even deeper so it it leads you to impurity and then you keep ever increasing wickedness Maybe, okay, so maybe it's not the slavery, but the result of this slavery. Oh, we'll come back to this. I don't know. I have to think about this a bit more. What is it that's increasing as you continue on in this slavery, this wickedness that increases? Well, that was in the past. He says, so now, 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 if you're a Christian, if you trust in God, you've been set free, you offer, offer these parts of the body, you offer them in slavery to righteousness leading to holiness so one is in impurity leads to in wickedness one is righteousness that leads to holiness that means you belong to god and becomes evident this holiness this godness that this standard or the stamp that god puts on your life you belong to him verse 20 when you were slaves to sin he keeps going back and forth you used to be this now you're this when you were slaves to sin you were free from the control of righteousness now i find this really interesting he's putting it in the opposite term you didn't have to follow righteousness as if to say um there was no pull towards doing the right thing towards you know wanting to follow god's law maybe again talking about that gospel that form of teaching whereby it's not as if you did this ignorantly i guess it's not as if oh I, i'm stuck in this contract so i used that illustration earlier you know you're stuck in this contract it's not as if you wanted that other contract actually no you know you you didn't even have that pull you were free from it yeah but what benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of and it's saying that actually one of the marks of a christian is that you look back at all the things that you used to do you go, oh, I wish, I wish that didn't happen. I wish I didn't live that kind of life. And why do I say this? Because in the past, you were free from that. You, you, you thought, no, I, I, I don't want to live this way. You know, I, I'm happy carrying on in this lifestyle. But now you're actually ashamed of it. You go, oh, wow, I wish that, that happened. And he says, what did you reap from that? What benefits? You realize I didn't get 
anything following the way of impurity that leads to just ever-increasing wickedness, those things result in death. And so, that, so the final nail on the coffin, it's not just you become you know, more wicked or you do more things that you're ashamed of, but you're just dead. You know, there, there is this, this, this dread and all that comes with death, you know, it's not just the end of life, but that broken relationship that, you know, that grief and that angst and that frustration, all that comes from death, that comes from a broken relationship with God. And then, but now, so he goes back and forth, but now that you have been set free from sin and have, so that's your current status, that you are slaves to God. The benefit you, leave, you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life okay i follow that verse 23 for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus so this idea of wages just just reinforces that slavery that that almost occupation so you get wages these days not from slavery but from your job you're the salary of death <laughs> that that might that might be a good translation something you get at the end of the month, that paycheck. You know, sin says, I'm going to write you a paycheck, XXXXX dollars, and then the currency is death. It means sin can only pay you back in death. And you think, why is it am I working for sin? Because you offered it. You, you offered it, said, sin, I want to do your will. And then it just pays you back in death. And this death, therefore, is the synonym for that ever-increasing wickedness, that impurity that then leads to that death you know that 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 you know opposite of life again that relationship with god that fullness that satisfaction maybe that would be a good word to bring up you know a lot of us look for jobs you know just not just for the money but for the satisfaction that identity i am a dot 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 engineer medic lawyer that kind of thing and the same way that you know, sign up for that contract, oh, this is going to make me happy. I have this particular phone or, you know, relationship, that kind of thing, you know, uh, that you're almost in slavery and deafness to one another and it doesn't quite pay back the way that you expected it. And so does that mean the opposite of that? The wages of sin, therefore the wages of God is, is life. But no, he says the gift of God. Notice that instead of wages, instead of salary, God doesn't pay you for doing something for him. No, he's given to you in advance is this eternal life that comes through Jesus Christ. And the, the in Jesus Christ, is through Jesus Christ, it means that he does the work of purchasing for us this eternal life. And then he says, here you go. And I'm giving to you as a gift. So the alternatives is not just two different masters, which is true. I mean, you're, you're either serving one or the other, but that two different types of salary one is you have to work towards this and then he gives it, what's this? You've just given me death. That's your paycheck. That's all sin can pay you in. But the other says, you know, you didn't work for this, but as this gift, God gives you eternal life, that fullness of life and all that satisfaction you're looking for, you did not work towards it. God gives it to you because it's earned for you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, yeah, so just looking at this first section, it looks as if it's a comparison between how would you put it? You know, sin and um, righteousness. Yeah, I know that's so clear cut. But how could how could we present this? Maybe you could talk about 
jobs, maybe, you know, if you've ever had to decide between two different types of jobs and both of them look really, really good. I'm not sure whether you've been uh, Cambridge graduates, of course, right? You graduate, you wave around at Cambridge degree and people say, oh, I want to hire you and you work for me. You get, you know, there's an office gym, that kind of thing. Or you get, you know, bonus at the end of the month. And so, you know, sin actually does kind of like make promises, you know, as you work for me. You work for me. And I think even even without going into what the perks are, the idea of working for something is attractive in itself. You're almost accomplishing something. I've worked for this, therefore I'm going to get paid at the end of the month. But this, the disappointing thing is, sin can only promise and promise and promise. Again, this ever-increasing idea and then offering yourself. You know, why would anyone do this? It's because sin is promising something. And then at the end of it, when he delivers it, ta-da, death. Then, then that's all he gives it to you. So that's one option but the other one is this gift that god has you know he's given to you he's set you free you didn't set yourself free you know he broke that contract he almost like paid off that bond again thinking of those singaporean students with a bond i have to think of another equivalent or maybe he paid off that phone contract so now you can change it you're no longer bounded by that you don't have to use that phone you don't have to follow that employer but now G jesus christ has almost worked up that salary worked up that salvation that, you, that now you just really receive by grace and as a gift from him so that's a comparison between two job offers maybe maybe i could ask that you know as an opening question have you ever had two job offers and had to choose one how did you choose one or uh i don't know two girlfriends maybe that's that's too touchy <laughs> I don't know. But the idea is actually, again, to make that choice, you know, now that you do belong to God, you do want, you do want people to wholeheartedly offer up their members. Here's it. Offer up your members. In the, you know, you used to offer it to, that, to sin, but now offer them in savory God. Almost to say to God, God, I want you to use my life in every part of my life. And sometimes, you know, physically, parts of your body, uh, eyes your mind your hands what you do what you think what you what you what you say and all these things i want them to be in such that it's ever increasing what grace and holiness that displays that jesus is the one who accomplished this for me uh, i have to think about that but anyway this is just first impressions of uh, this first bit in chapter six let's carry on to chapter seven so let's read what chapter seven says do you not know <laughs> I do not, not, I should not, really should not speak Cantonese because it's so horrible. Do you not know, brothers, that I am speaking to men who know the law? So meaning you should know this, that the law has authority over a man only as long as he lives. Is it, I, don't, I didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, this is new to me, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I can't think of an equivalent. I'm trying to think of an illustration. It's telling people something that they already know and using that as the as the base illustration to then teach another lesson. Let, let's carry on. Let's read maybe this whole section and try to see what his, his main point is. For example, so illustration point. By law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as she is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. 
so that if she marries another man while she her husband is still alive, so again alive and dies, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, dies, she is released from that law and is not an adulteress, even though she marries another man. So verse four, my brothers, you also died to the law. Through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead. Now, I think, I think, in this section, verse four. In my first impression, I think verse four is the key verse. It's almost Paul is trying to get through to you as you are dead. <laughs> you think you're alive? You are dead. And let me show you why that's a good thing. That you're, you, you realize you are dead because he says, if you are alive, you would still be bound. It's a bad thing to be alive. To the law, but if you were dead to the law, that means, you know, you were killed, I guess. But here, in the same way that you know, the wife, you know, she is bound to the law of marriage as if the husband is 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 still alive. But if he dies, then she is freed, and therefore the law will not condemn her if she then has this new relationship with another person, with this another man, with this other husband of hers. So. He's trying to say the benefits of being dead. Maybe that could be a title. No, you're dead. And why is it so good to be dead? But it's dead to the law, through the body of Christ. Death through His death, that you might belong to another, to Him who was raised from the dead. In other words, maybe you could even call this the bride of the dead, <laughs> bride of Frankenstein. I wonder if you could throw up a picture of that. You know, someone who's, you know, it's a good thing to be a dead wife. Who is now married to this dead man, Jesus Christ, who died, and because that means you are now alive in a different sense, in order that we might bear fruit to God. Let me just read the rest before I start coming out of these all those illustrations. Verse five: For when we were controlled by the sinful nature, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our bodies. Oh wow, Paul, you you're changing gears so quickly, so that we bore fruit for death. So one, on one hand, you know, relationship with the law, but now he's talking about sinful nature, or the flesh is aroused by the law, at work in our body, so that we bore fruit to life. Wait, that's the problem with, with with scribbling. So here is fruit to God, and here fruit for death. But now by dying, again, the emphasis on dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law, so that we serve in this new way of the spirit. And not in the old way of the written code. Hmm. Well, lots of words. I, I'm, 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 I'm scrambling to try to summarize this right now. Um, if you, do you have any ideas? Do you see something I'm not seeing? I'm seeing a lot of death and lots of benefits of dying to something that once bound us to the law, but also to the sinful nature. Okay. Why doesn't he say death to the sinful nature? I guess it's a synonym. We were controlled, and now we, because the sinful natures were aroused by the law. So it's strange. It's not as if the sinful nature itself was alone, working alone, causing us to sin and bear fruit to death. But the law, God's word, this, these requirements, almost chemically reacted with our sinful nature or our flesh, and then caused us to bear fruit to death. Law plus flesh equals death. Kind of that kind of thing, but that's dead. So we are dead to the law, and and now we are we bear 
dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law, so that we serve in this new way of the spirit. Let me let me focus on this. But now, by dying to what once bound us, meaning the law, right? So the law, we 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 had to fulfill the law. We are contracted to the law. We have been released from the law, so that we can serve. And this goes back, I guess, to the first section. Uh, the idea of serving in this new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. So earlier on, we were serving sin, but uh, but now we are dead to the law that then gives rise to sin. Ah, this is tough. This is tough. The first bit I, f- I found was a bit more obvious. Um, I think we, we get the big idea, but it's just trying to make it I'm, I always had that voice in me, you know, one, one guy in the corner of the Bible study going, so what? Okay, I, I get it. I get it. You're talking about, okay, uh, we don't have to uh, follow the law anymore because the law will condemn us to death. Okay, I get that. And now, therefore, uh, we can serve God. Okay, all right. So, so what? That, uh, I imagine someone in the corner doing that. So what? You know, what? what? Um, and maybe there is no so what. Maybe there is no application. Maybe what it's saying is, do you realize this? Do you realize uh, that either you have been set free uh, or it means that you are still serving the law. You're still bound to this. It means you have to do this. And the more you do this, the more you die. The more you bear fruit towards death. And he's just trying to wake us up that you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. You're no longer bound, no longer bound, no longer bound. And therefore, do not try to fulfill the law as a means of gaining righteousness, maybe, maybe, maybe. And how actually the more we try to do this, the more the law just causes this reaction in our flesh to want to sin some more and to go deeper into death. Hmm. Yeah, so I'll, I'll admit that I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'll have to think about this some more. And I don't have as clear or as concise uh, uh, illustration. I still like that bridezilla kind of... <laughs> I think that's just funny. And I think there is a truth to that, you know. Um, here, here you're dead and you're free to marry someone else. And free to free from the law. But here is also that you're bound to Christ. Um, it's almost as if reusing this illustration, you're... Your first husband is the law. Your new husband is Christ. Does it sound right? It almost seems that as well. It's not just say that you don't have to do this anymore, but that almost that your love and your devotion now has to be to this new husband, which is Christ. I know guys have a problem hearing these kind of illustrations. It doesn't quite connect with them. How can I be a bride? Um, um, I mean, you, but you know, that seems, that seems to be the idea. You know, bearing fruit, and serving and and you know loving this new new husband because you know you're free to love christ um yeah okay well for what it's worth that's what i have <laughs> right now after i don't know how long this took maybe half an hour i'm going to spend more time looking at this and then try to come up with a big idea, some illustrations, and hopefully, hopefully, God willing, maybe I can share that with you when I come up with them. But for now, I'm going to end it here. I'm going to pray. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to pray and thank God for His Word. Heavenly Father, please, please help us. Help us to understand what you're saying in your Word. But thank you. Thank you so much for this reassurance that we have this gift and we have this life in Christ. We're no longer bound to the law. We're dead to it. And we no longer have to serve it. 
but help us, Lord, to see how wonderful it is to serve, to love Christ instead. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oof. Oof. Okay. All right. Bye. Okay. Cool. Bye. Bye. Bye.